They're loading into the barriers. Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. And they're underway for Moody on the Mic. Welcome back to another episode of Moody on the Mic. We are heading toward the business end of spring. Not too far away. Another Group 1 this weekend with the Underwood Stakes and also Group 1 in Sydney with the Golden Rose. I am Roger Aldridge and joining me, of course, as they always do, Peter Moody, Anthony Myth and the resident Rain Man, Tom Hackett. Moods, you've been out at Sandown today, but I, I noticed you're at Hamilton on Monday. What the fuck? Man of the people. I am a I man of the people. You've got an assistant trainer, so you didn't have to go to places like Hamilton on a Monday. I've got the assistant trainer so they can stay home in the trenches and I can get out and be with the people again. Uh, and you know I am a wonderful man of the people, Rog. I enjoy being out there with the grassroots, the dust and the flies and, you know, getting down and getting dirty. And uh, more importantly, we had a couple of nice winners. Uh, so that always makes the four and a quarter hour trip slide a little bit quicker. Man of the people, Rayman, I know that you would absolutely dispute um, that stance of moods. And um, and if one oh. of the people is mytho, then um, he'd probably dispute that as well. No, absolutely right. We've, we've, I've made it very clear that I think moods is not a man of the people and, in fact, the biggest diva in racing. But credit to oh. moods, credit is due for moods. Uh, this week he's been very active as a, a midweek trainer again. There was a few weeks uh, where he was strictly focused on his Saturdays. Didn't, didn't even have a, a Wednesday runner at his beloved Sandown, but he's he's been very active this week. Uh, winners at the end of last week. We saw uh, the, uh, the, the the baby sister of, uh, of Wings get the job done. We've had winners uh, at Hamilton and then another winner today at Lovebrokes Park Sandown. So he's been a busy man this week, Moods. Well, he's as active as Dirk Diggler, uh, just to, you know, harp back to last week's uh, opening segment. But, uh, hey, just on time of your life, before we get to you, Mitho, because I know one of the winners he had today was for you, but we don't talk about midweek racing here. But, but last and, Thursday uh, or last Wednesday, we uh, you mentioned, you brought it up even, Moods. You said, keep an eye on time of my life at Geelong on Friday. And for those those punters who uh, who listened and, uh, and thought it was one of the best maidens uh, we've seen this year, you said in your post-race interview, um, and you got the job done at around five dollars, so the punters would have been very happy. But Winx's half sister does look like she's got some talent, and um, I think you said in your post race interview, when I, I do note you did look like Jim from Jim's Mowing, but still, uh, in your post race <laughs> interview, uh, you did say she's going to be uh, trying to get some black type very early in her career. Yeah, well, she's a, she's a good quality filly, and her and the filly that I won with at Hamilton on Monday called Moesha, there are a couple of fillies that have trialled up and prepped up you know, on similar paths, and I think they're both good quality fillies that can progress. Now, whether it be in the spring or the autumn is probably quite arguable, but uh, I think they've both got uh, that sort of potential. They're both very well-bred fillies. Obviously, as you said, time of my life being a half-sister to Winks and... Uh, and uh, Moesha that won the maiden at Hamilton on Monday being uh, out of Princess Coup and a half-sister to the well-performed Argentia and a few other stakes winners. So I think they've got the pedigree. Uh, they've got the physique. Uh, probably not quite there yet, but they've certainly got the ability to be good metropolitan black-type class fillies, I believe, going forward. So it's pretty exciting stuff. While we're on breeding, Mitho, a question for you, because Winx's uh, foal they're going to put up for sale. and I know that people are like, oh, I could break some kind of record and that sort of stuff. But the foals of champ, as we've seen with Black Caviars and 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 the Davis, the foals of champion mares generally are shit. Um, and I'd be <laughs> uh, really surprised if anyone paid a lot of money for a foal by Winks, given the history. 
that we've seen with these champion mares. And I'm not surprised that Pete Tyre and Debbie Capitas are putting it up for sale because I feel mm. like they could they get a lot of money for a horse that might be a benchmark 58. You say that, but uh, regardless, uh, a filly um, out of Winks has got residual value to go breeding again. And what we have seen, the, your stats are right, particularly in Australia. In Europe, the, the worm is fast turning. There's some there's some superstar men produced uh, just in this last season, um, a couple of superstar horses themselves. So um, that that maybe that's that that. that uh, adage is starting to change a little but what we have seen is that daughters of champions um and and very good race mares albeit uh those daughters not performing so well become very good brood mares so it's almost skips a generation so um whatever her value she will have considerable value as a brood mare um she she'll make three million plus there'll be someone wanting to swing the old fella around and uh, keep the hand in the air a long way and, and, and take her home as a trophy. She's a trophy. She's a, she's a collector's item um, and they'll have to pay for her. So um, well done to all concerned. Yeah, I was going to make that exact point, Mitho, that, Rog, I think you're underestimating how much ego goes into uh, the sale of these uh, high-profile yearlings. Uh, it's We've seen it before with uh, the progeny of high-profile horses. Uh, we remember famously Jimmy. Uh, the half brother to uh, the ill-fated half brother, the Black Caviar, who went for five five million odd dollars as well. So I think spider the uh, the money will be spider bite. Spider, yes, spider bite. Uh, yeah, the mm. the money uh, will certainly will certainly be there, and uh, it's a big coup for for English to uh to get the uh, the first foal out of uh, Winks and uh, Ludbrokes. We now are proud to be the wagering partner of uh, English as well. So it's a, a big week for English, and it's going to be really exciting to see. How, uh, how how she goes when she goes through the sale yard in uh, sale ring in, in April next year. Moose, you've obviously had it with Black Caviar. You've had well, you get a progeny if you're, since you've been training or back training. But the owners of Black Caviar probably would have been best to sell these horses than, than race them, given the history of Garhef. I, I am Caviar and, and Invincible Caviar, probably the latest two look to have the most talent, but we're still probably not talking group two group one horses no well i think it probably comes down to the ownership group and uh there's three owners in winks and uh, it just depends what direction if they're pulling in the same direction or pulling in separate directions on that path and and uh, the best way to sort that out is to put the horse up for public auction where in black caviar's case i think the ownership group were happy to not only race her but then race her progeny on and and then breed from that progeny as well so uh uh, I think it just comes down to the individual's wish. They were all very close, tight-knit, Black Caviar team, family, friends since childhood, and uh, I think they've just continued to live the dream. Uh, it wasn't about the financial side of it. I'm not suggesting that the Capitas or uh, Thai families uh, need the financial tidings of selling a Winx foal, but maybe their racing interests have gone off in slightly different directions. I'm not sure, but... Uh, uh, good luck to them. Uh, like you said, it's going to be a, a, a terrific thing when she does uh, go through the sale ring and uh, there will be someone out there that'll uh, happily pay uh, to have that uh, lovely trophy on the mantelpiece and, uh, or in the backyard or <laughs> in, the, in the back paddock, we should say. Would you buy a paint? Oh, listen, I suppose it comes down to type and, and, and everything, Anthony. And uh, I, I think history's probably littered with these great mares have been bred to sex appeal more so than than uh, probably physical type and, and and genetics that have worked in the past. I think that's probably one of the things that's worked against them. 
and, and maybe uh, our Australian counterparts need to look at uh, what the European counterparts are doing. Are they breeding, uh, you know, for some sort of a genetic match that has worked previously with all these mating data systems that are put together? And you'd be better versed on that than myself, Anthony. Or are they just breeding for a sex appeal sales ring result? Probably a bit of both. I, I mean, the, the, there's breeders that do um, do one or the other, and there's breeders that do a bit of both because you've got to appeal to the, the commercial market. And I tell you what, your your um, heart skips a beat when you get uh, all the genetic match up right with a stallion that is right in the commercial sweet spot because that's a that's a match made in heaven. Mm. You, you get both results out of the one product. So um, you know you've got to obviously these big breeding businesses like ours, you've got to Make sure that you're, 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 you're breeding the product that's going to be sought after at the sales. But at the same time, you've got to breed product that go and win races. So it's, it's, it's you know, six or one, half a dozen the other, and you've got to get that blend right. And hopefully you're doing both successfully to stay in the game and breed breed quality race stock. And um, it was great to see uh, Archo Nacho off Rosemont uh, Stud uh Win, win the Poseidon Stakes on Saturday and upset a few of those those hot pots. $10,000 weanling. Great value out of Rosemont Studs' uh, weanling draft that year um, and went and beat, uh, well, amongst others, uh, what do you say, Kadinsky Abstract, who was 2.6 or 2.8 million bucks. So um, they can come from anywhere. They most definitely can, and I would imagine uh, someone at Rosemont probably got an ass kicking for letting that cult slide through at ten grand. <laughs> well, poor old, poor old Pete Johnson, who Johnson. Uh, <laughs> he he owned the mare and bred the bred the foal, and I think it was me that said to him, "This is a little runt of a thing that's not going to grow. Let's get rid of it as a weanling. It's only going to cost you money. It's cost him a whole lot of money now." <laughs> Let's change tack slightly from breeding to naming horses. And, and, and we talk about midweek racing. I'll tell you what well, midweek or weekday racing, country racing does. It provides generally pretty good post-race interviews. We've seen a couple of crackers lately, and I'm, I'm just going to play this. This is Brendan Herps after his uh, horse, Cement, won yesterday. It's supposed to be called Cement for this horse, but after having three slabs in the afternoon and four <laughs> glasses of uh, port at night time, the boys asked me to do the paperwork. And... They rang up two weeks later and they said, well, how do you spell Samantha? So I told them, they said, well, where's the A? I said, oh, you'd ask me to do it when I was drunk. That's a river. Have you ever been asked to fill out the, uh, the naming of uh, a horse while you've had a few too many 4X goals? So I suppose you, you, hand it, you only drink mid-strength moods and you handle it pretty well, so it probably wouldn't be a, an issue for you. But I love the, I love the honesty from Bennett Herps and um, it, Samantha. Instead of Samantha, we've got rolling around at the moment because he had a skinful when he filled out the paperwork well it obviously didn't stop her she got the money anyhow getting the post-race interview done so uh listen good horses make good names and samantha's obviously still available <laughs> i must say can i i'm not sure i can tell the story so you might need to edit this out rog but um i still remember i can't remember what horse it was uh moods it might have been it was one Oh, you might have been in your hiatus, but uh, it was with Wiley Dalziel, and one of his clients submitted a name that we thought, oh yeah, that's that's a that's that's fine, that's no problems, and the name went through to Racing Australia and it got authorised. And someone in my office came to me and said, "Are you sure that Rosemont should have a horse named that?" I, I know in conjunction with Wiley Dalziel and his owner 
has obviously submitted this, not us, but the racing population won't realise that. It's Rosemont's brand when this horse goes to the races. I'm like, what's wrong with the name? And they're like, oh, say it a few times and don't say it literally. I'm like, right. Armageddon oh, Ed. Armageddon <laughs> Ed. <laughs> what, what, what's so wrong with that? Armageddon Oh, Armageddon <laughs> Ed. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, listen, some of the boys are quite creative, aren't they? And, uh, and, and listen, Pounding's aptly named. And one of my mm. favourites was a horse called Enerata de Tour. And uh, he was owned by a group of people uh, in a town in New South Wales, I believe, called Tarana. And spelt backwards, rooted at Tarana. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a uh, there was Richard a Cranium. I know, know Ganjitano is by the is out of Colossum or something like that. But there was another one by a shooting to win that was named after a gangster as well, which uh, mm. got through. But it's it's not just the get through racing Australia. It's well, get through birth, death, and marriages as well. Because I actually this is a not a horse racing thing. I read an article yesterday about an ABC reporter who was doing a story on. Uh, names getting through birth, deaths and marriages and thought she'd try her luck because she was pregnant. She thought she'd do it for the story, see what made it get knocked back and it snuck through. She called her baby legally the first time she's had to change it, methamphetamine rules, and it got through birth, deaths and marriages. <laughs> yeah, well, there <laughs> you go. She's had to change it. <laughs> nah, well, 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 right, I, I, now listen, we've got to get to the racing Wicked. program, boys, because Rain Man's about to fall asleep here on this program. Oh, we've never spoken... <laughs> Have we turned into a breeding show all of a sudden? Maybe this is becoming Nick on the mic. Experience Melbourne's most unique Friday night out. Kick off the long weekend at the Valley on Friday, September 29, with the launch of Labbrokes Friday Night Lights from AFL Grand Final League. The Star Sprinters will clash in the Charter Keck Kramer Moyer Stakes, the only Group 1 run under lights in Australia. Off the track, there's live music, appearances from AFL stars, vibrant bars and delicious food options. Nothing beats a night out at The Valley. It's where excitement lives after dark. Book your tickets online and save. Visit thevalley.com.au. Right, man, we're going to kick things off in Sydney and the gold pendant uh, is a very interesting race. Take us through the market before we jump right into it. Chris Waller dominates this market as he so often does in these feature races in Sydney. Espiona, $2.60 at the moment. Zugotcha, $3.10. A tissue, $5. And you've got... Three of the best jockeys in the world going toe-to-toe here. Nash Ruler on Espiona. Ryan Moores on Zugotcha. Joe Moreira is on a tissue. Uh, they dominate the market, Chris Waller, but I'm happy to take him on here with a horse at a bit of value. Currently $16 with Labrokes is more secret to finished her uh, autumn campaign with a, a placing in the Queen of the Turf stakes there behind a tissue. A horse that just went to a, another level last campaign uh, sort of came from uh, benchmark racing to to race well at, at Group One level, and uh, if she can string together the sort of uh, performances that she she was stringing together in that the end of that prep, she's going to be right in this race because she gets in quite nicely uh, at the weights here, which is fifty four kilos on her back. So in an open race where I think there is a query over a few of these uh, leading contenders, Espiona was was good first up, but she hasn't really ever lived up to the hype where she was getting called Little Winks. So Gotcha only battling a little bit this preparation. A tissue will probably maybe need one more run. I'm sort of happy to take on the, the Waller Trio here. I think More Secrets is the value runner at $16 to win, $320 the place with Ludbrokes. Speaking of uh, racehorses and naming, I've, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I've got no doubt that a tissue is named for what people might yell in the run. 
can Joe Morero, we said he can ride a broomstick to victory on occasion. Can he ride a tissue? I don't think so. But I do think uh, Chris Waller has a chance to Quinella these races. He does with so many big races. And, and I, I'm a bit against you, Rain Man, because I think Espiona is becoming a much more consistent mare. And, and she only just missed first up at the 1400 in the uh, Scirocco. And, and look, I think a tissue is the danger. I reckon it lines up quite nicely for Espiona. I think we're about to see... Uh, the very best of her. This would be her first Group 2 victory. She's got a Group 3 and a Group 1. Uh, no Group 2. I think she can complete the set here. And uh, Espiona for mine to uh, continue her very good form. A tissue is out of a mare called Posey. So, um, bring Move on. Move Posey. on. A tissue, a tissue, we all fall down. Uh, I reckon you'll fall down backing a tissue. I'm going for Zoo Gotcha. Um, I think uh, Zoo got you with Ryan Moore, drawn beautifully. Um, best jockey in the world, probably. Well, not probably, is the best jockey in the world. Um, I think she's been building into her runs rather than being disappointing, as you described her as their rain man. Thought you were a little harsh, to be perfectly honest. Beaten under two lengths um, last start. Um, wasn't a bad performance uh, behind Sunshine in Paris. So um, I'm with Zoo Gotcha. I reckon she can... Uh, she can she can hit her straps and get her spring going here. Some big statements out of Mytho this week. Amelia's Jewel, the best horse in the country. Ryan Moore, the best jockey in the world. He's putting it all out there this week. Uh, so, uh, listen, I'm not going to argue with him on either front, but, uh, yeah, well, hopefully we don't have to remind him down the track of these statements. If it doesn't go my way, I'm sure I will be reminded. If it goes my way, hmm. I'll be doing a lot of reminding. Right. Listen, I've got no idea here. The probably horse that creates a little bit of interest for me is uh, She's a Belter. Uh, Broodmare Sales, Stable Change, now with the world's best trainer, Annabelle Neesham. Um, so a little bit of a, a, a interest and a watch there. But uh, listen, I'm probably, oh, shit, I hate to admit it, probably agreeing with Anthony Zoo gotcha on top with Ryan Moore with uh, an interest on She's a Belter to see what she does. The Golden Rose, the Group 1 this weekend in Sydney. It's a terrific race, uh, Rayman. And how is the market looking for this one? Yeah, it's one of my favourite races on the calendar, the Golden Rose, Rog. And this is a really interesting addition this year. Cylinder is the favourite, is an easing favourite, though. $4 out to $4.80. Shinzo, the Golden Slipper winner, looking to break the uh, Golden Slipper curve, $6 into $5.50. Good support for King Colorado into $6. Charmstone, is a Victorian interest at $6.50. You got militarized there at $9 as well. It's a, a really interesting race with a lot of uh, different storylines. I think Cylinder, he's won his two races, this preparation, but I don't think he's been overly in, impressive in either. I still think he probably is a deserving favorite, but I'm sort of happy to take him on there at the $4.80. Shinzo first up, barrier 10. I think it will get back in the run. First up over 1,400 metres from, from the Wallace Dave. A little bit of a question mark there for me. So the horse I do like is, is King Colorado, who... Finished ninth in the wink stakes, but there was plenty of merit in that run. Ran some of the, the best closing sectionals in the race against the older horses as a, as an immature horse. I thought that was quite impressive. And we know I'm I'm always talking about how strong a form race the Ladbrokes Jay Jackins is. And he did win the Ladbrokes Jay Jackins during the Brisbane Winter Racing Carnival. So I really like King Colorado there at the $6. The other horse I want to be on is Militarized. Uh, he ran home strongly late in the run to the Rose first, I think. Stepping up to 1,400 metres is going to be ideal for him where he won the English size at Group 1 level uh, during the autumn. So at $8, he's just moving to $8.50 as we speak. I think he's going to be the horse they back. I'll be getting on now. So it's a two-bet play for me. 
King Colorado and militarize? I think this is another race where Chris Wallach and Cornell are in. Uh, and I am all about militarized. Uh, I, I think um, fifth beaten under a length, resuming 1,200, he's going to be far better suited at the 1,400. And from there, at the mile and maybe further, I think he probably would have preferred, say, barrier five or six, but he'll make do from two. I think he'll stamp himself here as the star three-year-old. And if he does, the drums will start beating as the genuine lightweight hope there in the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. Uh, but yes, I think militarized uh, at $9, a great bet. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little confused only because not, neither of you want to want to sort of mention or give any credence to the winner of the race, which will be Cylinder. I mean, he, it, what, what, what more did you want him to do, Rain Man? He was held up, held up, held up uh, in that last race. The what was it called? The Run to the Rose, the the Group Two. He, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have won that. The the way he was held up and and had to sprint off such a, and give himself such a short uh, amount of distance to actually round up the leader Moravia. I, I thought it was a stunning performance from a horse that was cluttered up, didn't get air at all. Um, it, hopefully he gets uh, a clear rack, crack at them. And I reckon he'll demolish this field. I reckon he will win it with a leg in the air and we'll see a proper colt there on Saturday. Um, he'll go three for three and everyone will go, why didn't we back him? I thought uh, Cylinder was much more impressive at his run, Sydney run than he was at his first up win in Melbourne. And I think he maps to probably get a slightly better run here than both Militarise, who I think is probably a big danger, and uh, and also the slipper winner in Shinzo. I just can't sort of struggle to see where he's going to get from gate 10 covering ground and remembering he got all the luck and up the inside to nail Cylinder in the slipper. Uh, you would think that's probably not going to present here for him on Saturday. I, I don't uh, dismiss the Melbourne Philly Charmstone either. She's been super impressive down here. Uh, one alley, going to need a little bit of luck along with Militarise, but I think she'll run very well. But I just think Cylinder Maps is the horse they've all got to beat with a big watch, obviously on Shinzo being the slipper winner, but I thought Militarise and Charmstone uh, for the trifecta with Cylinder and a big watch on the slipper winner, Shinzo, and how he returns. Well, Rayman, why haven't we seen Shinzo so far? Our first up target was, was the Golden Rose with the eye of potentially backing up uh, running in the Everest in the, in the Coolmore slot. So this was mm. the uh, this was always sort of the plan. I think originally they were toying with the idea of going run to the Rose, but then they, they pivoted to fresh into the Golden Rose with the eye looking ahead to the Everest. It's got very... Because it's all about... Uh, it's got sort of I wish I win Peter Moody sort of feels about it, hasn't it? Fourteen hundred yeah. first up, only two runs, first second up into the Everest, back in trip. Very sort of as as Chris reached out to their moods and um, our man moods know. is becoming a trendsetter with the Everest. We're seeing Shinzo might go into the Everest second up. They've just announced in the last half hour, Giga Kick will not have another run. He'll be going into the uh, the Everest second up as well. So Moods has started a little trend here. Lockie is. We've always said he's a trendsetter, our man PG Moody. And I just had a little call from uh, my old mate David Hayes up in Hong Kong today. He was reading an article on Why I Wish I Win, and he said, Moods, just want to reinforce what you're doing. Vega Magic blitzed them in the Memsey, even though it was a much inferior race to the one that I wish I win met 
uh, last start with Mr. Brightside, and he said uh, absolutely should have bolted in in the Everest when uh, Willow had one of his willows. So Vega. Uh, hmm. Vega Magic was an absolute good thing licked in that Everest. Should have won by five. Yep. Bang on, oh. uh, David Hayes, another another a very wise man. So was, yep. was, so, da was David just reminding you, Pete, that you're not the trendsetter and he did it first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Right, yeah. let's move on. Well, we're off to Melbourne now, boys. <laughs> well, I, David Hayes actually said today, like, um, Mr. Bryce will obviously go over to Hong Kong after um, his spring campaign's over as well. And also, is the giga kick potentially because uh, J-Mac's foot might not be healed in time before the Everest and they just want to let it run there? Food for thought. Just throwing it out there. Uh, Guinea's uh, prelude uh, in Melbourne. Uh, we'll head to this one, Roman. And uh, what does the market look like for this? Because this this looks like a terrific race with two key races as the the main form ones to follow here. Yeah, it's a, it's a great race, this one, Rog. The Crawford Guineas Prelude. Uh, Stapati, one of your favourite horses at the moment, is the favourite at $2.90. V8 for the McAvoy Stable, $3.80. Centrify, third line of betting there at $7. I think it's a, a great race. I've got no knock on anything Stapati's done at the moment. Four from four. Keeps on improving every time he's been seen at the races. But I was very taken with uh, what V8 did first up in that McNeil stakes. I think that's one of the best three-year-old performances we've seen so far this season. I thought it was the, the run of a horse that can go on and win a Caulfield Guineas, and I think he can win this race on the way through. So no knock on Stapati, but at the price differential, you're getting 290 for Stapati, V8, $3.80. I've actually got V8 markers as the favourite, so I'm happy to take that $3.80 uh, on offer here for V8, who I think is going to be even better suited out to 1,400 metres. You'd have to be a hardcore listener to remember. I only remember because it was me tipping it. But I was on the V8 train early as well. But that I agree. It's V8, it's the party. They were both the McNeil and the McKenzie. Both really good guides here. And it is very hard to split them. I think they'll both build off this. But I'm going to side with the party. He's a seriously exciting horse. They're obviously thinking the main grand final here could be the Ladbrokes Cox Plate uh, with the lightweight as a, you know, that the, the three-year-olds get. Um, I'm not putting a line through Centrify. Um, we don't know what we've got. Rock Empire won his only start uh, up there on the Kensington Ramwick in dominant fashion. But look, Stapati on top for me. Racing needs stars, and, and it'd be good for racing if we had a star that came out of, you know, regional Victoria, out of Western Victoria, rather than not trained by a, a big name trainer like Peter Moody, but one by, oh. you know, Paul Prusca. So uh, I, I, look, let's go with Stapati here. But this is my favourite race on the card on Saturday, even more so than the Underwood. I really like Stapati as well. I'll be having two bets. I'll be backing Stapati and I'll be a bit with your thinking there, Rog, on the, you know, small stable, um, you know, guys who are real horsemen who know their craft and, and are able to um, set a horse on a pathway and, and nurture the horse through a preparation to, uh, to get to grand final day. And that's Ken Keyes um, with his daughter and uh, this horse, Sheelight, that... Uh, I thought was really um, super eye-catching at Caulfield um, behind V8 um, in that, uh, what was it called, the McKenzie, the McNeil. McNeil. McNeil, yeah, that one. They, they all begin with MC, those races. Um, so uh, the, the Mac attack race there at Caulfield, anyway, um, uh, was really good late through the line and looks like um, he's going to absolutely eat up the 1,400 and then on to the 1,600. So um, I'll, be, I'll, be, uh, I'll be backing Sheelite each way and having a win bet saver on Stapati. 
Yeah, listen, a few good cults here, and I think one you haven't mentioned, but unfortunately he's drawn the car park, is the Blue Diamond winner in Little Bros. I think his form's been pretty good as well uh, leading into this. But uh, I think V8 and Stapati probably hold the tactical advantage uh, over some of the opposition here and will uh, fight the race out. Shelight, Wide Alley, gets out of his ground, needs a lot of luck. He might get the luck. He has looked very good in closing. Uh, Rock Empire, a bit of a new one, boy on the scene. Santavai's been very good, but I'm probably with Stapati. Uh, I was very impressed with his effort at Mooney Valley the other day, and I've got him just ahead of V8. And I think they're just going to have the tactical advantage with the draws over some of their opposition here. But not a lot between Paul, some of them. Interesting. Paul Pruska said they've given up the thought of riding in cold moods because he's a fast horse and he just likes to run fast. Let um, him run fast. Underwood Stakes, the Group 1 at Caulfield. Rainman, surely the blood is where all the money's headed. Yeah, the blood has been very popular, Rog, in this outstanding edition of the Underwood Stakes, in my opinion. Alligator Blood is the favourite, three fifty into $3.30. Without a fight, returns to the races this, for the first time. This preparation is $4.80. Tavalu, $8.50, along with Attrition. you got Solcom, one of the favourites for the Caulfield Cup there at $10.00. And uh, a host of well-credentialed horses at big prices here. This is an outstanding edition of the Underwood Stakes. And it's the two horses at the top of betting that have the interest to in me. I will be backing two horses here. Uh, Alligator Blood, he did nothing wrong last uh, last weekend in the Maccabi Diva Stakes. So I like the fact he is on the on the quick backup here. Won this race last year. This was a strong field he beat in the Underwood Stakes last year. He beat Zaki. He beat on Thunderstruck. He was very good that day, over 1,800 metres. And there's certainly no knock on what he did last last weekend in the Maccabi Diva Stakes. It was a very good run. He just ran into what is arguably the best horse in the the country at the moment, Mr. Brightside, who has just gone past him. What I still think Alligator Blood's level is good enough to win this race. The, the horse that can beat him, though, is without a fight. I want to back them both here. I think without a fight, came to uh, Australia, was well backed in a Melbourne Cup, just didn't handle the track at Flemington that day. But uh, Team Freeman have done an outstanding job with him. He was so impressive in his two race starts in Brisbane during the, the Brisbane Winter Carnival. I was there when he won first up. It was only a Group 3 race in the Lord Mayor's Cup, and he only beat uh, uh, Lunzies, who's not a noted winner. But I can hardly remember an occasion where I've been more visually impressed with a horse where he was first up off a long break, he was settled at the tail of the field, and within two bounds, he'd, he'd picked them up and then ran past them and won by two lengths getting eased down. Then he backed that up with an equally impressive win over non-conformist in the Q22. So he's a very serious horse. I'm a bit worried about where he gets in the run. He, he will get back from barrier 11. So Alligator Blood's going to have that big head start. I mean, he just does, does have that tactical speed. So that's why I, if I'm having one bet in the race, it would be Alligator Blood, but I want to be on them both. I think without a fight, could be one of the stars of the spring. I'm going to make more profit than you on Saturday, Rayman, because while I see the Gator as the big threat, I'm just going to have the one bet and it's going to be on without a fight. Um, you'd like to think he's continued to improve from that um, from that little campaign with, where he went two from two, enjoying his new life here in Australia. Good first up record. First up at 1,800, I mean, geez, he must, they must have him fit. He's on a Caulfield Cups path. And, um, Moods, you don't get penalised for a wait for age win, do you? So you're going into a Caulfield Cup. No. So he'd be there to win. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I uh, am big time without a fight. I think um, $485, really good price. So without a fight for me. Uh, I'm a bit confused by this race. If Alligator Blood backs up, um, he's the best horse in the field and, uh, and, and probably got the race in his taking. Um, has he backed up before, Rayman? I haven't done the stats. I don't think he has, uh, the blood. From my memory, I can't think of him backing up. He's normally gone sort of that two-week uh, path, but 
Uh, we, we've, he's sort of been a very uh, versatile horse. He's done a bit of everything. So I, I'm yeah. personally not worried about that, the backup factor. Yeah, he seems like a horse that would, would handle that. He's a tough, you know, grinding horse. Well, he's better than grinding. You shouldn't label a champion that. But uh, uh, he's a very tough horse that I think uh, if he handles that back up, um, it's his race uh, to lose. I, I was impressed with Solcom. I'm surprised either of you haven't mentioned him. Can we can we fashion double-figure odds about him and bet each way? Goes, in, a little play? goes in a trifectas, I reckon, uh, Mytho. I reckon he goes in. Yeah, ten dollars at the moment, Mytho. I think he. I, I definitely think he's a, a very good horse on the way to the Caulfield Cup. I just think he's run into a very strong addition in Underwood Stakes. I'm not sure he's quite as good as Alligator Blood or without a fight. Yeah, interesting. Blake Sheen, our, our champion jockey, on too as well. So at 10 bucks, I'll be having each way bet Solcom. I'll be backing Alligator Blood straight out. Peter Moody, what will you be doing in the Underwood Stakes this year? Uh, if he gets around Caulfield, I think without a fight, just wins. Uh, I saw him at the Cram. Yeah, I saw him at the Cranbourne Trials a few weeks back. He looked outstanding. And I'd imagine that would bring him on. I, with Rain Man, was very, very impressed with his Brisbane winter form. He's an exciting horse. Uh, I think if you're going to have a bet in the Caulfield Cup, have it this week because I think he will shorten significantly post-Saturday. Uh, and uh, Lindemann, a little bit of a curveball, Hugh Bowman back for Hong Kong to ride Lindemann for the Wallace Stable. Led at a very strong gallop in the Chelmsford the other day. Um, thought his run was good under the circumstances. 1,800 sitting up with Alligator Blood around Caulfield. They're probably the two horses on pace uh, if they do get to control it. I just thought he him at odds uh, might have been a bit of a danger too, but I'm very, very really looking forward to seeing without a fight on Saturday. I think it'll be a dominant Caulfield Cup favourite post this race. Experience the best 24 hours of racing action and entertainment at the legendary Ladbrokes Cox Plate Carnival. It's spring after dark on Ladbrokes Cox Plate Eve with a night of fun under lights headlined by the Ladbrokes Mooney Valley Gold Cup. Plus, ARIA award-winning DJ Will Sparks will keep the party going after the races. Then Saturday, it's a massive day of Group 1 racing headlined by Australia's best race, the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. Friday 27th and Saturday 28th of October. Tickets from just $30. Book now at coxplate.com.au. Okay, best bets, Rain Man. What have we got? Geez, I only just missed last weekend. I threw out Stokesy's thinking about nine dollars, and it got beaten half of head. Uh, what do you got this weekend? No one cares, Rog. I'm going to Rose Hill race <laughs> number seven. Uh, number seven, Waterford. Thought this horse was uh, a horse I've always thought had potential to be uh, a, a Group One horse. Probably hasn't quite got to that level, but I think it's really well placed here in the Shannon Stakes. Like what it did first up in the Theo Mark Stakes, where it finished third behind Golden Mile there. Uh, should take good benefit from that run. Has a really good record at Rose Hill. Great record this track and distance. Uh, I think it's going to be very tough to beat. That's Waterford, race seven, number seven at Rose Hill. I don't like to go each way, uh, but as Mood says, each way to nothing. And I think in race six, the te listed Testarossa, number five, corner pocket, second up 1,400 at this level, looks ideal. Uh, look, amenable is going to be really hard to beat, but Corner Pocket's playing more the drum than amenable to win. Um, and if the favourite's just a little off, then I think Corner Pocket can absolutely salute it around $7 and two fifteen. dollars uh, Should be able to sit up near the speed and just uh, potentially take them all in the straight. Um, he ticks uh, a lot of boxes uh, for me. So race six, number five, Corner Pocket at uh, Caulfield each way. Thanks, Roger. I've got a Rosemont special, race 10. You're going to have to wait till late and you'll get it all with Midwest. 
benchmark 100. Uh, we've re resisted the temptation to throw him into stakes racing uh, left, right and centre. Um, he can go and have a kill here over the 1,100 metres. He'll be too quick for them. He's drawn perfectly in three. Um, he doesn't often draw a barrier. He's overcome wide barriers in the past, but uh, he gets a lovely sit here. Um, and I think that uh, with... Billy Pin in the saddle. Uh, we can get the job done, and um, you're getting reasonable odds there, Rainman. I reckon four bucks. I saw earlier on the uh, Ladbrokes app. So um, Midwest in the last, and don't be scared to have something each way on Treasure Way. A handful of runners for the Boutique Stable uh, this week. Uh, we start off with the Phillies and Mares race three, number two, waltz on by. Usually takes a run to hit a peak, but uh, she's in good order and prepped up well. Uh, Forbidden City in the same race, uh, race three, number seven. She's had a terrific preparation, this mare. She's drawn a little awkward in 11, but I think she'll run a hell of a race at odds. Race four, the next mare's race. Uh, we've got Nunthorpe off the back of uh, two pleasing runs since resuming a close second and a win. I think she's an excellent chance again. She's going to need a little bit of luck to get galloping room from uh, barrier one, but I think uh, she'll be able to... Hopefully, Jamie Carr weave a bit of magic and uh, we'll be able to do that. The Testarossa, race six. Uh, we have Red Sun Sensation resuming uh, middle distance staying horse. He can probably pull out a little run fresh, but he's very badly in at the weights uh, under the conditions and uh, just looking for him to close late. And she dances, a bonny little mare. She resumes in the last race, has drawn the car park, will probably need uh, further uh slightly further and a better draw so just looking for her to blow the pipes out so the best from my team i think nunthorpe race four have something each way forbidden city in the third my best for the day is without a fight in the underwood stakes race nine number eight uh to round out today uh stapati looking very very much looking forward to that caulfield guineas prelude as rain man touched on earlier i think it's a very good race I think it nearly holds its own with the the Golden Rose in Sydney, even though it has a much bigger profile. So uh, good luck, good racing. Let fast horses run past, fast, not past. Let them run fast. <laughs> Ladbrokens.